0: I just feel like, and this might be a pause for joy. I feel like you cannot put a bunch of queer people in without everyone sending up the queer community, just a little fucking bit. And it makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, continue. I just wanted to pause. For joy. <laughs>
1: This is Queers at the End of the World, the podcast where we mulch the strawberries with the bodies of our enemies so we never have any good pie. I'm your host, Nina. And I'm your host, Nat. And this is our last episode of Season 1 of Queers at the End of the World. Nat, we've come so far. It has been so
2: lovely, and it is going to be so awesome when we start Season 2. We already have so many dreams, plans, possibility, and more conversations imagined in our near future yes we might be going to the stars
1: i think the stars are in our future <laughs> as, <laughs> as well as our distant past with their untimely light shedding down on us
2: <laughs> we will continue to live in queer time and simultaneously experience the always.
1: future back. always always <laughs> Well, to remind you of where we are, this is part two of our live play of Avery Alder's game of post-collapse queer community, which is called Dream Askew. Our game includes Deleslin Rue George Warren, who's playing Iris Lively, a psychically sensitive flower farmer with an aging drag mama to care for Eliana Gasawa, who's playing Depot, Radio Tinkerer, and Trash DJ with a complicated bunch of polyamorous relationships that includes at least one ghost. Austin Osworth, playing the Empress, whose full-moon Bacchanal ritual brings out the screaming psychedelic in everyone, and who's on the hunt for a new lover to complete their Mm trio— Blues, played by Trey Andrea Russworm, who's security for the compound and is always calm in the face of danger. Nat Mesnard playing Proust, who trades in coffee, arms, alcohol, and favors. And Nina McQuown, playing Dr. Bishop, who may be a lot of things, but is definitely not a doctor. We all find ourselves having set up a community in the crater of a mountaintop removal site. We're surrounded by a rich mine of trash from the former world on which we survive. And we live in giant puffball mushrooms. Uh, that's what we decided. So all that said, if you haven't listened to our first live play episode, go back and check it out now, or none of this is going to make much sense. Or, you know, I guess you could just enjoy the chaos. In any case, before we start, we want to thank you again for sticking with us, for sharing Queers at the End of the World with your friends and coworkers and families chosen and otherwise, for writing to us, for DMing us and tagging us and telling us what you love about the show, and just generally being the best little audience a Butch could hope for. Thank y'all so much. We cannot wait to be back on the air with you in 2022.
0: All right. Oh my God, Rue, did you put a fucking crater behind you? Mountaintop removal (laughs) site.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's a mountaintop removal site. That's where we live.
2: (laughs) Okay, so I, I feel like I was just being like, My senses are kind of like on alert because my supply wasteland salvager person has not come with the load of additional whiskey.
0: Um, There is a group of people approaching the gate and there is a second group of people and they are doing two pronged, one to the gate and one to the landfill.
2: And then Blues, you were about to say something because you walked by me on the way to the gate. Okay, I'm ready. Blues arrives at the gate a little
4: sweaty from the exchange with Empress and the lovers. And uh, Blues is not altogether in the headspace for this. It's been a stressful few days. And so Blues is sort of thinking about Blue Mushrooms, the Empress, her brother. And she gets to the gate. There are a few flyer flies that are posted in their position there. Before she engages them, she actually pulls out her radio and says... Okay, so Mia, Octavius, uh, Jose, Armand, I'm going to need everybody in their positions. Can I get some intel? Can someone fill me in? What's going on? Who's here? Okay, so is everybody in their position? All right. Now, Blues is sort of listening to a conversation that's going on between a few different fireflies. They're, they're radioing in and out, and someone says they saw her brother uh, run down an embankment and is heading toward where the festivities is going to be. So again, Blues is a little distracted, trying to look over in that direction. And then also, at the same time, Blues says, okay, go ahead, crack open the gates. Crack open the gates.
0: Let me see what's going on here. Blues, I'm going to use one of my moves now as varied scarcities because you traded it to me and I'm going to introduce a betrayal. Um, You spend enough time at Proust's to know who the wasteland supplier is and what that outfit usually looks like. Um, And the thing that you can see with the sort of two-pronged group, one that is coming up to the gate and one that is going down to the landfill, you can see actually the supplier's horse-drawn truck that usually comes through here. But you cannot see the supplier. In fact, all you can see is this group of people dressed all in matching overalls. Mm. So that's Mm -hmm. the introduce the betrayal move. (laughs) Okay. Um, And are they already in the gate or are they still outside the gate? You're cracking the gate. So they are approaching you. Um, Right. And the person in front has a nice big smile on. Mm. They are flanked by two people. And you recognize the same shoulder holsters that you possess on each of the two people flanking. I'm apparently a big fan of threes today, um, flanking this, this figure with a smile. Welcome to the Enclave.
4: Did we ever have a name? Welcome to, um, welcome to Sandy Times.
0: Nice clocks. How can I help you? We are interested in opening trade with Sandy Times. Hmm here's how this is going to work um, what we would like to do is we would like to um fill our truck from the landfill down below and in return uh we will not kill anything uh,
4: <laughs> i had an epiphany this morning i woke up and you know the sky was a few different shades of yellow orange red, you know as it is as the sun rises it's also a full moon, and I'm sure you know this as well. You probably can see this starting uh, happen as it is dusk. And the epiphany was something like, today is the day where we're really going to see what we're made of. You know, it, was just, it wasn't really fully formed and articulated in my mind, but it was just a revelation. And so your request for trading um, in lieu of, of, of killing us, uh, is denied. So I push against the door, and at the same time, all you can see around us are fireflies with guns out. And the door is shut for now. I mean, I'm one person, and I'm holding it, and there are fireflies perched in various uh, positions, and they are all have their guns drawn.
5: We're in okay. position, boss. We're in position. <laughs> Over.
2: And I'm curious just what is going on. So did you say that there was another truck already heading for the landfill, sort of pre-getting permission, right? Pre-getting
0: permission. And it is the Wasteland Supplier truck that Proust has been waiting for. The Wasteland Supplier is not in sight. That was my betrayal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
2: then was um, Blue's brother was named Ashante, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, and he was running back in the direction of the party. <laughs> exactly. I as he's running back in the direction of that party, and I, I'm assuming that I'm more in the vicinity of, of where everybody else is. So um, Iris, you're down there near where the drag mama is, right?
3: Yep, that's correct.
2: And as Ashante is coming running down, I'm grabbing him by the arm, like, what is going on? What are you doing? what's going on up there? What is happening? This, this, there seems to be some kind of conflict going on. Do you want to be, who
1: wants to be Ashante? <laughs> <laughs> so when Proust grabbed Ashante's arm, uh, Ashante pulls away really quickly. And then Proust looks down at their hand, which is covered in blood. And they look up at Ashante and Ashante says, don't worry, it's not mine. <laughs>
2: oh my God. What is going on out there? Guys, there is something very wrong happening. And I'm just like, whoever is around, which I think is mainly, Iris, I know you're there. Um, Dr. Bishop, are you in the area?
1: I I am down uh, at the party. Um, I've wandered toward the party. I'm now standing awkwardly in line, uh, hoping someone will notice that I'm waiting to get my body painted.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, so, when, when we get back around, the empress will be turning their attention to paint Dr. Bishop.
4: <laughs> We're a little busy right now.
3: <laughs> so yeah. as, as, uh, Bruce is like trying to get Dr. Bishop's attention because Iris is, you know, usually not the one you'd rely on in high intensity situations. Um, no one noticed that Iris uses their strong move, which is to move unseen and move quickly into the forest and perches in a place where they can see exactly what's happening in this particular situation.
2: So I'm basically like, something's not right. And I'm like, Ashante, now you listen to me. You need to do what blues tells you to do. All joking aside and all heroics aside, When people show up here, we have to work together, and it's not about getting out there and showing everybody what kind of a person you are, what kind of a man you are. It's about making sure everybody's safe. Now, I need you to run up to Depot and tell Depot to send the signal to folks that something is happening and people need to go into code purple. I need you to do this for me. I'm, like, looking in Ashante's eyes, like, seriously, like, tell Depot code purple. Mm-hmm.
1: Those eyes are beginning to fill with tears. Um, Ashante is very upset. They really don't want to see Depot right now because <laughs> the last time that they saw Depot, Depot was once again trying to convince their ghost lover to manifest in their bed. And Ashante's not doing great right now. Something just happened that they are... Shantae is not willing to tell you what, um, but I just, I really don't want to see Depot right now. Um, can you just find someone else? I open up my tux jacket and in true
2: dagger daddy fashion, there is just a shh of knives (laughs) and I take out a smaller one. It's a, um, it's one of those knives that has a clip on the side. It's like a hunting knife where you can fold the blade out. And I leave the blade in the handle, and I give it to Ashante, and I say, "Take this; it's for luck." And I say, "Now go to Depot. I don't care what you think about that ghost. People need to know this." And then I kind of give him what I assume to be a parental push in the direction of Depot's workshop. Fine,
1: <laughs> I listen to you because you're my dagger daddy—the <laughs> only daddy I will listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very confused about where I owe my allegiances these days, but I definitely don't want this conversation to go on any longer. So I do run off, whether in the direction uh, you told me to go or not is for anyone to say.
4: Meanwhile, Blues is going to use a token to do a strong move. And that strong move is to lead the gang into battle or confrontation in order to stop the caravan that is charging it. So we have holding at the gates, um, the folks on the other side, and now the fireflies are also swarming and blocking this moving vehicle. So we're in confrontation, guns drawn, no one has been shot, and I am giving the order to hold fire. Hold fire. Do not shoot.
5: I feel like Depot is in charge of the broadcasting station, right? So... You know, Depot has access to all of these radio uh, phone calls that the Firefly gang is making, and you know has been quietly tinkering away, trying to get Toxic to play, and is hearing suddenly about everyone getting into position on the gate, and suddenly the music stops, Sandstorm starts to play. Da-da-da-da-da. Da-na-na-na-na, and then, <laughs> and while Sandstorm starts to play, everyone knows what Sandstorm is. Everybody in the Enclave knows. And over at Depot goes, We have a code purple, folks, code purple. This means that everyone isn't aware of what is happening, but at least knows that something is happening. Some kind of danger is approaching the Enclave. And Depot goes to the Empress to tell the empress we need to stop our, our Bacchanal. We have a, we have a code
0: purple. The empress is going gonna, is gonna to pull the same shit with you that they pull with everyone else. <laughs> of course. Um, which means that them and the two lovers are all going to turn to you at once. Um, and the empress is going to say the Bacchanal makes us stronger. And the two lovers are going to say the same thing and the empress is going to invoke the Bacchanal anyway by standing uh, naked under the full moon and screaming, and if anyone is in the vicinity at all, that means you all get a token, supposing that you are participating in one of my rituals for the first time. Uh, (laughs) So, (laughs) I just wanted everyone to have a token, you guys. That's just, that's me often telling you that I'm doing the mechanics. Um. <laughs> <laughs> is you
5: invoking a ritual, a psychic gift? Because if so, then the psychic ma- maelstrom has been invoked. I'm not sure how did that. Make it... Uh, yes, it is.
0: Yes. yes. Oh. Is Bacchanal.
5: So, on top of everything that is happening, Sandstorm is playing. Bacchanal's happening. Everyone's about to draw guns at the gate. The psychic maelstrom has been activated.
0: And the the empress like screaming body painted naked in the middle of this, this mountaintop removal thing, <laughs> just so you know what it looks like. Oh. <laughs>
5: <laughs> so the desires of the psychic maelstrom is fervent intimacy and human dependence. And the move that the psychic maelstrom happens as the empress is, putting their hand up into the air screaming fairly to the full moon suddenly there's just psychic instability has been is bleeding into the area it has tapped into the mycelium of the uh, gigantic mushrooms and this psychic instability is just buzzing in the air Like, not only are the mushrooms getting bigger and vibrating, but everyone now, if they had any sort of, like, mental insecurity or fear, it's all just been augmented by the psychic maelstrom that has been activated at a horrible timing.
2: I want to add that my um, environment thing is outlying gangs, and I was wondering if I could act as some of the members of the group that are standing there at the gate.
0: Do you want to take over the, do you want to take over the gang leader?
2: I I just want it to be that, like, the people who are standing out there, this happens and they just, they get kind of, like, bloodlusty and they are essentially just going to, like, try to, like, swarm up over the walls.
5: I should also add that, like, you know, the, the... The bacchanal isn't only like, oh sure. There are people with like mental insecurities, but also like drag mama, for example, is having the time of her life. So her her psychic state is just like she's like ready to party and have the best sex of her life as she is ninety five. She's like, I'm ready to do this. There are people who are like just ready to tap into their hedonistic desires, and, and there also, are also
3: people like Iris who temporarily lose control of their psychic abilities because of the maelstrom. <laughs> uh, causing a feralness amongst the outlying gangs who are now being held outside of our precious crater at the top of the mountain by blues.
2: So they're all just like, God, like this. And I mean, it, it seems like... Like Resident
3: <laughs> Evil level zombie. <laughs> and blues, blues
0: all right we okay. all just did moves as like the environment stuff and i don't know if everyone has this but it, I, it says after every move ask what do you do so i guess uh blues what do you do <laughs> Blue,
4: blues reaches inside her pinstripe taylor navy navy suits um breast pocket and pulls out a purple mushroom Cold purple in part means that we should immediately partake in the purple mushrooms and blues has a stash of them tucked away in the breast pocket. So blues begins to ravage these purple mushrooms, eating them quite quickly, still has a hand um, against the gate, notices that people are trying to climb and fireflies are tense and, Blues also reiterates over the radio that it is cold purple echoing what Depot has already said. Um, The music is apparently playing still. And these purple mushrooms have different effects on different people. For blues, the purple mushrooms gives a quiet calming confidence and so even though all hell is breaking loose and people are dancing you can see the hedonistic society um the different halves and the different influences and the different spirits of all of this at work so for some it feels um chaotic in a bad way and for some it feels liberating and so for blues um things really slow down in in this moment and so eating and and stuffing Um, her face with these purple mushrooms. Blues realizes that she really only needs to fire a couple of well-placed shots. The thing is, is this ammo is not your typical ammo. We have a lot of it, and some of the ammo does different things. One of the things that the ammo does that the Fireflies now have equipped is paralyzing. It's not something that is going to kill people, uh, but it will paralyze folks and leave them in a kind of comatose state, you know, so they will fall flat and they will lay out. Um, The bullets of this ammo are also coated in some of this purple mushrooms. So they're sort of powdered with pu- purple mushrooms. So as the bullets go through and hit people, they will also uh, be have the same effects as if they had eaten pu- purple mushrooms. So while Blues is doing this and reiterating code purple on the radio, Blues also starts to issue the fire uh, command. And so the fireflies begin to fire and there are fireflies all over. They are shooting uh, folks who are in the caravan, they're shooting folks who are outside the gate. There are bullets flying everywhere. These purple mushroom-coated bullets are hitting people at will.
2: Pew 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 pew.
4: That's what Puss does. So
2: the gang members are all just like kind of falling back, and I feel like what's going on with this is that some people are falling off the walls back down to the outside, but then there's two or three people that kind of fall over the top of the wall and kind of land down, luckily on some like mushroomy kind of stuff so that they don't actually have a fatal injury. Although this is actually a pretty far fall, so they're kind of stunned. So these bodies are kind of falling down into the enclave over the wall. How high is this wall, by the way?
1: 25 feet. Oh, that's pretty high. Okay. So there's some injuries occurring just from smashage, but people are asleep and they don't even know. Yeah. Does the iris see all this?
3: Yeah, the iris is seeing this, but is not able to process it at all because the iris is still in this, like, flow state with the psychic maelstrom, which is why, even though people are paralyzed, they're still clearly in distress in this situation because they continue to be amped up by this, like, intense energy. And even though blues is saying over the line, "Take the purple mushrooms, take the purple mushrooms, Iris can't," uh, which typically calms Iris down because Iris is in this spinny um, fluid state, and so Drag Mama is trying to calm her down, but can't can't seem to manage.
1: It's hard too, because she just wants to she just wants to hit it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know, what does Ashante
4: do? Ashante is also a firefly. Does Ashante take the purple mushrooms?
1: Ashante hears the call for cold purple and looks at the, the purple mushrooms in their hand. In their other hand is the very short dagger that was given to them by their dagger daddy when they told them to go find Depot. They are standing on the outskirts of the party, feeling the thrumming energy of the psychic maelstrom, trying to hold on to control asking themselves, do I do what I was going to do and go and get this dagger into either Depot or the ghost? Or do I take these mushrooms and calm the F down and go and help my sister? While they're looking at their hands and trying to make this choice, Depot notices their struggle. Mm. And they are the beautiful young man. So Depot does tend to notice them when they're around.
5: Okay. Okay. So Depot obviously sees Ashante struggling, looking, literally holding the mushrooms and the knife and looking, which one do I take? Which one do I take? Um, and approaches Ashante and is like, friend, what's the matter? Are you okay? I see you're covered in blood. Are you hurt? What's the situation? How is your sister? Talk to me.
1: Weeping, Ashante moves <laughs> forward with the tiny dagger. Confused by the psychic maelstrom, they missed. <laughs> Striking the vibrating dust next to Depot's feet. Why? Why do you keep creeping on my ghost? <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh man! My Depot <laughs> is 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 shook. Also, like confused by the psychic well But luckily, Deepo's taken the mushroom, so it's a little more clear headed. I was like, the ghost. You mean my workshop ghost? <laughs> I'm not creeping on them. We we have an agreement. We have an understanding. They can't leave the workshop, and I'm always in the workshop. So we we've just had to come to terms with each other and get along and I'm also kind of romantically interested in them and it's a dilemma because I don't know how to pursue them because they're a ghost
1: why are you your your personal psychic problems about this relationship (laughs) when we talked about having a polyamorous relationship with the ghost we set some rules and one of them was that you were not going to tell me how this made you feel (laughs) I'm I don't believe it was me. violated everywhere, and I'm really upset.
5: because <laughs> I, I thought I told you I don't believe in don't ask, don't tell, polyamorous relationships. That's just not how it works. <laughs> but I recognize that's your boundary, but re- did, did you really need to attempt to stab me? Is that how you communicate? Your boundary is
1: trigger. And <laughs> I don't know. I feel a little better now. It suddenly occurred to me that I can hear a lot of shooting. I think I'm going to take these mushrooms and continue to avoid this conversation. Bye. With that I stove <laughs> mushrooms in my mouth and run away from having to deal with my feelings.
5: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, wait. So wait, was
1: Ashante Lumiere and Lumiere is Ashanti? Is that what happened?
5: <laughs> it's... <laughs> Ashante Lumiere, Ashante <laughs> Lumiere, yeah. Just Depot is is confused, heartbroken, worried because there's all this going on. But then at the same time, like, this is this why I'm tongue-tied because Lumiere and the ghosts were in a relationship previously, and I'm here just trying to make sure Drag Mama has a night of her life, and just trying to help this beautiful boy who came my way, but. Anyway, so What is goes back.
3: doing in the midst, midst of this giant maelstrom <laughs> and relationship revelation that's happening?
2: <laughs> I mean, I feel like I, I sent Ashante off and then was sort of like, you know, I gotta, gotta sort of handle this and... You know, I I feel like one of the things that's true about Proust is, I mean, being a dagger daddy, they somewhat wish to be taken seriously by the fireflies. But due to having unorthodox methods and a complicated relationship with authority, he doesn't always fit in with them. And even though he and Blues are friendly, there's no way she's going to let him be in the gang. Um, Nevertheless, when things are going down, he always wants to see what's going on. So Proust had sent Ashante off kind of tell Depot to warn the warn the collective and ran along behind the rest of the fireflies and climbed up on the this like rampart where they're standing, and is now at this moment standing there seeing the horse-drawn carriage um, that the people came in with. And it's like I hope my whiskey is still in there because if it's not there, then we don't have a party. So like as the fire is doing this, he's actually like, I'm sorry, I do this in every RPG I play. He's like repelling down the wall like <laughs> because he's gonna go out into the landfill and get the whiskey. So he's like like running down. And just, like, booking it in the direction of the horse-drawn truck to see, like, if there's anything left of his order. And I'm curious for someone who would be playing the gangs, the scarcities, or the society intact, if there's anyone over there who did not get hit by a bullet.
3: Well, most of our outlying gang has been shot uh, and are also foaming at the mouth because of the psychic maelstrom Uh, funneled through Iris, Um, except for the people who are in the cart that contains the whiskey that is still heading towards this giant landfill full of resources. And so they have these stun bullet uh, markings all over their cart, but somehow they did not get uh, shot by any of them. So they're trying to get to these resources uh, before reinforcements arrive to to apprehend them or give them the purple mushrooms.
2: I'm running after this this thing, like sort of in the night,
3: Mm -hmm. Dagger
2: Daddy mode.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. Running. And then I actually jump up on the back of the trailer and I get on it and I'm like kind of clawing forward. And then I see someone who looks familiar and it's a younger woman who lived in our in our collective for a while, mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but had actually left. Yeah, and I'm realizing that this is the woman that Dr. Bishop flashed a picture of <sighs> when she arrived, and it's Evie Mix.
3: Sure, <laughs> she's Evie just like
2: a dove. Wait, what is the person's name?
3: I said Stevie Nicks.
2: Stevie Nicks. Stevie <laughs> Nicks. Okay. Nevy Sticks.
3: Nivy. It's her. <laughs> it's her. Nevy Sticks. Yes. yes. I, Nevy Sticks.
2: And I basically like take out a knife with one hand and with the other hand I reach for the back of her overalls and I just pull her back out of the front hey. seat of this thing. Knife to the neck and I'm like, stop the trailer
3: oh my gosh, do whatever the dagger daddy says. I know that they mean business. (laughs) Uh, At that moment, the other person in the vehicle who is never named because they're not central to the story pulls (laughs) upon upon the, the horse straps, leashes? What do you call them?
1: Their reins. The horse
3: leash. <laughs> Digital realm. We can't remember the original term, so we have horse leash. Uh, <laughs> and the horse is a hundred feet above the uh, the bottom of where you can access the resources, come to a halt. And uh, and it and it is clear that Dagger Daddy has Dagger Daddy Proust has this situation under control.
2: Yeah. So I direct, so I've got I've got navy sticks like this like listen. Turn this around, go back to the gates. We turn around riding up to the gates and <laughs> we approach up to the gates where I assume the fireflies are still and I'm like hey blues, got the whiskey for the Bacchanal! And also remember navy <laughs> <Yes>. sticks? <laughs>
3: Hey guys, it's me, Nevee Sticks. I'm back. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey Nevee, it's good to see you. Um, you know, it's uh, it's always great to see you. You know, I think somebody was looking for you a little earlier today. Um, so much has happened. What was their name, uh, Doctor Bishop? Doctor Bishop, um, ring a bell? This this person who the only I know. Bishop
3: that Nevee Sticks knows is not a doctor
4: well i saw them around waiting to get body painted and face painted and um you might want to go look over there and see if you can meet up with your old friend uh, i think you you have some things to to say to each other perhaps also if you get your body painted don't choose the orange mushrooms you can choose any other color but don't go for orange always good to see you maybe clean up in the landfill clean up at the gate <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, wow. I wanted- um the empress has now gotten to dr bishop and is painting dr bishop <laughs> how does dr bishop feel about this i can't hear you nina
1: sorry i had to share a secret with my um my secret daughter um okay <laughs> <laughs> dr bishop is standing there um as the empress paints her and she's, um, she's just tingling with feelings that she doesn't understand, um, but is feeling pretty excited about and kind of never wants this to stop and keeps just thinking, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. (laughs) A torch person
0: is touching me. And as uh, the Empress paints a a swirl right here on the collarbone, they lean forward and they go, So, who are you really?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, feeling a little bit stabilized by all of these various vibrations. The moon is rising higher and higher, and the uh, mushrooms are all making odd, sort of, tumescent pumping motions as they uh, move towards sporulation. so um I uh I start this sort of like really I'm like well who am I really um
3: as Bishop struggles to explain who they are around the corner comes Neavy Sticks from the infamous photo and also the cart and shouts out Mary Louisa Dementia Bishop which is as we all know, Bishop's full name Mary Louisa Dementia Bishop. What are you doing here?
0: Remember that uh, body painting means that you are ass naked.
1: Continue. <laughs> I'm I, I, <laughs> ass naked with my arms out. I shout, "Neevee, neevee!" and start running toward her, and uh, and and sort of slam full naked body into her, and uh, and just get just get mushrooms all over her. <laughs> Uh, her overalls. (laughs) I thought I'd never see you again! I thought I'd never see you again! I went across the deserts and through the mountains and I climbed up through a bunch of abandoned cars and a lot of dirt to find you. And here you are, I thought I'd never see you again. Why did you leave home, baby?
3: (laughs) I didn't leave home. Our home was destroyed in an earthquake. And then you said you need to go to the desert to find yourself, which is when I came to this commune at the top of this mountain to escape, but realized I wasn't really into the party lifestyle. I was really more into capitalism. So I became a traitor. But my point is, why did you tell these people that you're a doctor? (laughs)
1: Listen, okay. So when I said that I crossed the desert to find you, I meant that in sort of like, First, I went to the desert to find myself so that I would be in a place where I could find you. And then, (laughs) once I was in a place where I was like, okay, I know enough about myself that I could, like, probably recognize another person when I saw one. I left the desert, and I crossed the savannas, and I found this mountain range, and I asked and asked who had seen my white-winged dove. And I had this photo, but then this really polite person took it from me. And now I'm, I'm, okay, okay. So there were things in the desert that I was looking for that I didn't find and you're right about the earthquake. <laughs> but did you say capitalist? That's not how I raised you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 uh,
3: I don't know, I don't know. What does <laughs> Neve Sticks do in this situation?
2: Well, I feel like there's a party that's kind of coming together here as this is happening, and right. you know, Proust uh, has come back from this errand and is just sort of literally has like threatened you with a, a dagger. Or so, but it's just now like kind of like
0: whatever,
2: and actually like has the the whiskey out. of, Oh, we have the crates now, so the the party's kind of like pulled in this this uh supplier wagon and he's standing on top of it and pouring drinks like
3: Mm -hmm. yay and and as that's happening like as this emotional scene's happening and everyone's also starting to party um iris is still levitating like 15 feet in the air (laughs) rotating rapidly and people (laughs) are like oh right iris is happening <laughs> right now. We have to deal with Iris. <laughs> so Neve, Neve says, what's up with Iris?
1: <laughs> Mama doesn't know. Is everybody
2: else, what are you guys doing? Deepo, are you at the party? Oh, yeah.
5: Depot is 100% in the party, making sure the tunes are going, trying to tinker and create a machine after this, like, you know, jarring experience depot had with ashante lumiere of creating uh, a machine where it's not a machine it's basically depot's drunk trying to hand around a a megaphone of truth where people just say what they feel shout their their emotional body and experience because it's a full moon it's original it's a bacchanal and to make sure everyone reaches catharsis and is just trying to be like everyone say what you feel we just had a really intense night Here's my machine, it'll make you feel better. Iris, I see you up there floating in a circle. Let me play your favorite song, Dreams, by Stevie Nicks, by Fleetwood Mac, so you can come back down to the ground.
0: I feel like Drag Mama is
3: kind of pissed that uh, attention, that focus is being drawn away from Drag Mama's big night. Yes,
2: yes. when is my song going to come on? (laughs)
5: <laughs> Jack Mama, I promise your song is about to come on. The CD player is having a little bit of problem. The disc is is is, uh, is scratched. But don't worry, I'm gonna move use my strong move and I'm gonna fix this CD up no problem. But first <laughs> we need to get Iris back onto the ground.
2: <laughs> and perhaps if we all do that, it will bring
1: Iris back down to our level. What is depot shout? I and mean, this is this the is great true. denouement. I think we should all just describe ourselves as we speak. Oh, Depot is you know normally their Depot is wearing
5: this you know baggy, pocket-filled jumpsuit. Well, you know it's all off. Depot is butt naked with blue psychedelic swirly paint everywhere. Grabs this microphone and says, "Ashanti Lumiere, I know." You had a complicated relationship with the ghost that I am also in love with, but I also am really attracted to you and I want to make this work. And then also turns to the Empress and goes, Empress, you're giving me mixed signals. <laughs> and also your two, your two lovers, they creep me out because I don't know what they're thinking. And I need them to talk to me, not through you. And I need them to talk to, to me. I'm here to make this work. I'm the stitcher. I make things work. I can make relationships work. I just need some more open communication because I'm here to love y'all. And I pass the microphone along. (laughs) I hand it to
1: uh, Dr. Bishop. Dr. Bishop takes the mic, sort of looks at it a little oddly. Holds it upside down, wrong way up, in front of their face. <laughs> they sort of their eyes unfocused. They gaze out a little bit. They can see Ashante Lumiere escaping. Um, what looks like to to go off in the direction of their sister. Maybe they're gonna go and resolve the roots of those communication problems in their familial relationships before uh, before they can they can bring it honestly to to polyamory. But but Bishop doesn't really know that she. Uh, she just looks deeply into her mushroom-covered heart, and she says, Guys, I just want to thank you all for welcoming me. <laughs> <laughs> I showed up here. <laughs> I told you that I was a doctor and that you would die. <laughs> and it's sort of true, because people used to call me Doc <clears throat> at the Desert Commune, and I just really liked it. <laughs> But it's also not true in that I have no medical knowledge. But what I am really, really good at is showering my daughter with a love that she is mostly confused by. And so I am gonna dedicate the rest of my life to doing that and also to hanging with y'all because I think I found my family. And with that, I hand the mic
0: upside down to the Empress. Uh, The Empress turns it right side up and does not hit the button when they scream with their hands still in the air, I will never be alone, Uh, and then passes it to Blues, uh, and they grab Blues' face and kiss them real good as they hand that microphone.
4: Blues has taken this beautiful moment to pull a weak move and get high at maybe the most opportune time. So when blues is high, blues channels her inner berry White. And so she has the microphone. And right before she begins to sing, she taps Ashante on the back, gives him a nice little blend of the blue mushrooms with a little bit of ginger sprinkled in. It'll calm him down just nice and proper. And then she gives the finger point to Empress, gives her that little nod as... Uh, Blues steps onto the stage and starts to sing, pointing at all the members of the enclave, all sort of the key members of the enclave, feeling good and feeling very, feeling very, very white in this moment, uh, despite the music that is actually playing, because remember, Blues is high. And she starts to sing, you're the first, my last, my everything, and the answer to all my dreams. And tosses the microphone over to Proust. Woo! Woo!
2: Woo! (laughs) So into it. And while some of this was happening, Proust actually got naked to get body painted. And so, like, is now standing up on the whiskey thing, the the little truck, um, with the body paint naked. And... And so I was just, like, spinning these, like, sharp knives, like, yeah, woo. My emotional truth is that I love everybody! <laughs> and I, I love this community! And I'm just so happy that nobody got hurt, yes. especially Ashante, who I <laughs> someday hope will grow up to be a good person, just like everybody else. And I'm like, I take care of you guys, you know? and you can tell, like, this is, like, something that starts to happen with Proust after a long day, when you, at the end of the day, you come to me, and people rely on me like nobody else, and then, da, 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 you know, and the thing is, and then, like, it starts to, like, <laughs> and at this moment, I feel like maybe Iris actually is so annoyed by how Proust gets this way that they start to descend a little bit just because they're like, I have got to wrestle this megaphone away from yeah. this annoying tavern keeper of our commune. <laughs> yeah, so. She
3: starts, she's, she's still <laughs> rotating, but looks at Proust, and Dragmama notices that. Iris is reacting to something, and so as the music has died out from blue singing and Depo's uh, DJing, a song rises up from the crowd gathered there. With a taste of your lips, I'm on a ride. You're toxic, I'm slipping, slipping under. <laughs> the taste and as the dulcet tones take over the crowd, Iris is whirling air, wind, tornado starts to calm down and suddenly the mushrooms start vibrating and dancing at the the rhythm of Britney Spears' Toxic. Uh, (laughs) She falls upon the ground and says, I sense some sexual tension.
1: (laughs) And with that, the rain begins. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> this has been queers at the end of the world thanks so much to all of you who joined us for deep talks about survival dystopia and apocalypse throughout this strange year we can't wait to be back on the air with you in 2022
2: Our show art is by the fabulous Ellie Yanagasawa, who you can find for your own commission at Ellie the Cosmic Jelly.
1: And you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com/slash queers at the end of the world.
2: The music for this episode was La Fine des Ericotes by Tintamare. You can find us at
1: queerworlds.com or at Worlds Podcast on Instagram. If you enjoyed the show, we would really, really appreciate it if you'd rate and review us. It helps people find us, and it lets us know that you're out there listening.
2: And tell a friend who you think will enjoy it. That's by far the best way for folks to find out about the podcast. All
1: right. Good luck out there, dear hearts.